John 13. We're going to get back into it today, a new way for a new day. We've been saying this, that in this context of scriptures, John 13, John 14, John 15, John 16, Jesus was leaving, and he was trying to get them to know how to function when he left. You with me? In other words, he was going away, and so knowing this, he was trying to lay out how people, you and I, would and should function until he returned. And what's so interesting is all the detail of how to get your prayers answered every time. But do we teach that today a lot of times? We just say pray and sometimes the Lord will do and sometimes the Lord's holding back. But that's not what Jesus taught. You with me? Sometimes he didn't want you to have it. Then why did he tell us in this context how to get every one of your prayers answered? But if we don't know that's there then it might come to a shock to us that we could get all our prayers answered. And it's not praying him go, no. No. It's praying and knowing how. And so he is giving instruction, and we're going to go back to the 13th chapter, the first verse, our introduction scripture. John 13, 1 says this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father. He knew he wasn't going to be here any longer. He was going to depart, and that phrase, go to be with the Father. It's interesting, the minute it said he knew his time was up, he laid out this teaching of how people should act in his absence. In other words, these chapters here, should be examined, should be known, should be implanted in us, should be what governs our lives. Because they're things not how we were supposed to live when he was there. You with me? Because you can't go run to Jesus because he's not coming down the road here with a caravan or a crowd of people where you could run up to him and ask him a question, right? He's not here. But he knew we would need the same kind of help, so he discusses how to get that same help here in these chapters. You with me? And so when he's leaving, he knew he was leaving. He knew a change was coming. He knew a new day was dawning for him in heaven and for the disciples on the earth. And it's interesting that the Bible said that Jesus gave us examples of how we should live. Well, if he knew things were coming, should we know? Should we be in the dark? And not just thinking, oh, something bad is going to happen. Sometimes God warns us about good. You know, there's things that God tries to get people to do because if they would take the step where they didn't see that it would be right, maybe it's stepping out in a business, stepping out, witnessing to somebody, whatever it is, all of a sudden, it changes their future drastically. And so the Lord's trying to get them to do those things that benefit the kingdom and would benefit them too. And so here in John 14, we're going to begin looking at verse 27. And we've gone this far and we're skipping over like a couple of verses there 
that talk about the Holy Spirit because we're going to get into great detail about the Holy Spirit eventually. So here in the 27th verse, when he said he's leaving, he said, peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So isn't it interesting? He said, peace I leave with you. And this isn't store-bought. You know what I mean by that? This isn't store-bought peace. How many people in the world tell you what to do to have peace? Go to the mountains. I just tell you, you go to the mountains, you get peace. Tell you what, there's just something about the peace you get standing in front of the ocean and hearing the crashing waves. There's just something when you lock the kids in the other room that just that peace you get. That's not Jesus' peace. You with me? Now, there is something good about doing those things. I'm not saying there's something bad about locking the kids out of your room and having quiet time. Not at all. But I'm not, that is not this. Right? And the world has been mistaken, and they have thought that the peace he's offering is the peace of if I can just get everything perfect and everything's going well, then I've got peace. If all my bills were paid, if all my needs were met, if everybody acted right and all the kids were quiet, if my husband treated me this way or my wife treated me this way, I, if my coworker and you could go down the list, I would have peace. He said, listen, peace I'm leaving with you. Then he wanted to take it a step further because maybe people back then thought, oh, it's so peaceful when you go down here or it's so peaceful when it's like this. You know, after all, the horses aren't running through the town and it's just it's peaceful. And he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not only do I live, leave it with you, I give it to you individually. Then he goes on, not as the world gives to you. So you can't compare this to any peace that's in the world. Because the world can't give you this. And he said, and I don't give it like they give it. There's a lot of conditions on world peace. Right? The way they offer it, there's conditions. There's costs. There's, there's different things. He said, I don't give it that way. Then notice this. He said, I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then it goes on to say in verse 28, you have heard me say, you've heard me say what I'm about to say. Because this theme reoccurs ever since the 13th chapter in the first verse, which is, you've heard me say, I'm going away. And I'm coming back to you. In other words, there's a day I'm leaving and there's a day I'm returning. We're in between. You with me? And then he said, if you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than all. He said, and how many people, including them, were not rejoicing that Jesus was leaving? 
and how many people are still bothered that they didn't get to live back then, but we have stuff that they didn't even have until after he left. And if we don't know about it, we can have it, but not utilize it, live our whole life dreaming of, I wish I had lived when Jesus was on the earth. But you know, up until this point, none of the disciples were even saved. Salvation wasn't even available. And what is interesting, Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to give you this peace. I'm going to leave it with you and then I'm going to give it to you. It's not going to be like anything else you know in the world. Well, then the question comes down to this. How is the peace that's been given to you working for you right now? Because notice what it said. I'm supplying this peace in verse 27. He said, therefore, let not your heart be troubled. Notice, and then he said, neither let it be afraid. Notice he said, I'm giving you something. I'm leaving it for you, and I'm giving it to you. And it's your responsibility to use this to keep your heart from being troubled and to keep your heart from being afraid. So you actually have a tool as a believer that's not like the world that can actually affect you and keep you from fear, keep you from turmoil. But how many people, when they face a situation, have done nothing with this peace and they've just thought, if I cry or scream or run around like a chicken with its head cut off, if you don't know what that's about, we'll just keep going. And they don't realize they have a personal responsibility and they actually have the tools, the equipment, the good to fix the situation so their heart's not troubled. So that they're at peace in the middle of an explosion. And that they can fix things. Jesus said, I'm giving you the ability. It's kind of like you put gas in the gas tank of your car. It's already paid for. You've already got it. But unless you do something, it's not going to help you. Your car could just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there. But you are unconsciously trained that when the gas is paid for, you can go. And you can use it as you will. But how many people are not trained properly? And Jesus said, your tank is full. I've given it to you. You just need to use it. And people go, oh, Lord, I need peace. That's asking for something that you've already got. And here's the thing. How many of you this week know by sight you have gas in your car? Nobody's probably looked in their tank and saw the gas. You trusted and a little electronic gauge. Just kind of moved around, whoop, whoop, back and forth. And you said, I've got this. You trusted that for something you couldn't even see. And you started the car, and you went. And you trusted it. And then God said, I've left you peace. And you said, I don't got peace. What if you called Toyota this week and just said, I just want to let you know I don't got gas. 
Maybe your gas gauge is messed up. Oh, it says three quarters. I just don't got gas. Why don't you believe that? Well, I just don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't got gas. Okay. Let's go ahead and log that phone number in in case they call us back. We're not answering. <laughs> you know, Toyota's like, okay, here she is again. I don't got gas. I don't got gas. Well, what does the gauge say? Half a tank. Well, I don't got gas. I haven't seen it. But you could just go use it. Tell you use it, you don't know the effect. And he said, my peace I leave with you. Many of us, when we first got saved and gave our life to the Lord, got acquainted with the peace of God and thought, oh, this is the greatest thing. And then we've moved days, weeks, months, years, maybe long periods of time beyond this being active to the degree God wants it to be active. And he said, you don't let your heart be troubled. It's like you've got in a fire extinguisher, if a pan catches on fire in the kitchen, what's the first thing you should do if there's a fire extinguisher there? Ah, fire, 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 right? That's the practical thing to do. No, you just reach over to what you have and make it work for you. Put it to work. My peace I'm leaving with you and I'm giving it to you. We know from Galatians after the fact when he died that this peace is a fruit that's in our spirit that can grow and come out and can be put into motion. But how many people don't realize that they have it in Christ and it's to be used by them to control their emotions to fix things in their own life. And they just go, what is the issue here? Philippians 4, 7, talking after this peace came, because Jesus had to die for this peace to come, Paul writing about it said in Philippians 4, he said, this peace, if you do certain things, will guard, protect, defend your heart and your mind. Sounds like, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. And he said this peace would do it, but he told them, you have a responsibility to do this. Remember the man that had the talents and went and hit him? Then the Lord came back and said, what did you do with what I gave you? He said, I went and hit it. <laughs> I hit it. So it means he took some work, some effort to go hide it. I hid it. What'd you do with your piece? Well, I had been hiding it. No, this is an endless source of something that should not be hidden. You with me? So what am I going to do? You're like, I don't even know where it's at. This piece we know from the Bible is in us. It is in us. And see, we know from Ephesians 1 that Christ has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. But just because he has doesn't mean it's active. Meaning this, is salvation supplied for every single person in the world? But is it active? 
has it done anything for them? No. Their salvation is determined on us, the church world, sharing the truth, reaching them. If we don't, they'll never know how to activate it because the Lord told us, go share, tell people. So it's there, but without us, they're in trouble. But then you can have stuff even after you're saved that needs to then be activated and you can get strong in having peace work not the peace of the world, but his peace work in your life. You can grow strong in having peace. You with me? And so the disciples were actually familiar with this peace or peace that, that they had with them. Just like they were familiar with the Holy Spirit. And one thing we're going to read and we have seen Jesus said this, we, you know, concerning this whole transition. He said, he who is with you will be in you. So they were previously acquainted with the Holy Spirit. And when he left, he said, now he's going to be in you. And the same thing is true here. Previously, they were acquainted with this peace. But now there's a promise of it being with them and in them. And so do this, turn to Matthew 13, 10, I'm sorry, Matthew 10, and let's look at where they had gotten familiar with this peace. And if we have this peace, the question is, what are we doing with it? What are you doing with it? Do you know what to do with it? Do you know how to do something with it? And before we leave, it will be real simple, but we'll tell you what to do. Here's the thing. I have dumbbells. Not making fun of anybody, but they're these weights. You know, there's a weight on one side and a little bar in the middle. And, and uh, you can get dumbbells yourself. And there's different sizes and uh, all you have to do is you can go look online, like if you want to build this muscle, you go like this. If you want to build this, you go like this. Simple, right? So how many of you have ever bought equipment, exercise equipment in your life? Raise your hand. A lot of people. I was going to ask who bought a treadmill or an exercise bike, but I don't want to go there. Because how many people have bought those and never used them, but they had it? Didn't benefit them. But you can have dumbbells with simple instructions that say, if you want to do this, go like this. If you want to build this, if you want to build this, if you want to do this, there's different ways to do it. You can have them super simple to get the benefits, but the benefits come by process. Would you agree? In other words, you can't just use it one time. You know, somebody, a friend of mine said, man, I bought a membership to a gym, and that thing don't even work. Your membership card, I got that card in my wallet, hadn't done nothing. No, it's what you do with it. Right? So notice this here in Matthew 10. What are we doing with what we have? We actually have it. Matthew 10 13 says, 
Now, Jesus is sending his disciples to different cities, and then he said, when you go into a city, find a place to dwell for a time, and so on. And so we're going to pick it up right there in the 13th verse. Uh, He said, if the household is worthy, in other words, the place you go, he said, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. See, they were already knowing that they had a responsibility of how peace functioned. And they could actually control the peace that was going to be where they lived and where they were staying. And he said, you can let it go or you can take it back. You're responsible. He didn't say, when you get there, pray and see what the Lord will do. My peace is determined on what the Lord did, but then what I do with what the Lord did. You with me? Okay, let's try this. You got born of parents. I don't think most of you or many of you were test tube babies. They trained you. They taught you. Now you're responsible whether you exercise your body or not. But you got the muscles. But he gave us peace. He made us new. If you'll read through the Bible, you'll see that Jesus made peace work for him. He used it against storms, but he made peace work for him. And the disciples made peace work for them, and we're to make peace work for us. So can your peace as a believer be greater tomorrow and the next day and the next day to where all of a sudden you are sensing God's peace working in your heart, protecting your heart, protecting your mind? Can it? Is there something you can do to get the gas out of the tank working for you today? And then tomorrow... Until you get your house and your life and your mind and everything full of peace to where it's protected, guarded, and when junk goes off, you're not moved. You don't worry. You don't fret. You've learned how to make your heart not be troubled. Didn't you notice? He said, I'm giving you the equipment. We have to know that this has got to be in our hands because it's got a failure. No way. But he's left it to us. That's why everybody's experience is different. You want more peace? How many of you would like to have your house painted? A couple people. At some point, you're going to want your house painted. Right? So if I'm responsible for painting it and I have to paint it myself, I've got to go out there and paint it. You with me? Nobody else is going to come do it for you. I mean, unless you're in some association, it's paid for. But if you want a room in your house furnished, that's your responsibility. You want peace in your house? You want peace active in your life? It's our responsibility in the Lord. Notice this in Philemon, verse 6, and we're going to close with this verse. 
but it's right before the book of uh, Hebrews. It's one chapter, and uh, this one verse says so much. Philemon, verse 6, says, Now, how many of you believe Jesus was telling the truth when he said, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you? You don't have to see it. You don't have to experience it. You just have to believe it. Right? You just have to believe it. What if I got out of your car and said, Your tank, your car ran out of gas. It went, uh, uh, uh. And you don't have any more gas. Just letting you know right now, you have no more gas. Would you believe me? Yeah, people probably go, okay, I got to go get gas. But what if I was just kidding you? You really had it, but you were waiting for more. How many people have stuff and their feelings have been kidding with them going, you don't got that. And you're like, okay, I agree with you. Instead of making it work for them. Philemon verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. Become effective. That would tell me then it might be ineffective. But how? By the acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge or the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You have to acknowledge the peace you received in the Lord. You have to do what Jesus did and speak forth peace. If you want to grow strong in having the peace of God, guard your heart, guard your mind, or any area for that matter, you need to believe it and start using it, putting it into action. What do I mean? In your own life, you should say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I believe. I have peace. Peace, you start affecting my heart. You start working in my mind. You start working in my home. He said he left it for you. You start, you start working. Because he said, if you do these things, it would start to go to work in your heart, in your mind, in your life. And, and who's the one who does them? You and me. You ever been into some homes and you're like, ooh, yuck, there's something not right in here. Anybody ever been into a place like that? A business like that? And you thought, this, there's something not right here. And then you come to find out those people are fussing and screaming and fighting or doing certain things. And you leave and you're like, ooh, there's something there that's not good. People don't realize they create and permit. The Bible said where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Thank God we can speak right into that in our own lives and say, peace is in this house, peace is in me, peace is everywhere I go, and you can start growing until this peace is so active in your life, when junk and trouble comes, you'll just go be like Jesus and go, yeah, whatever. Because it's not like the world gives. This peace can be multiplied. And you know, Peter said this, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. 
I'll tell you what's happening now that you're learning this. It's multiplied to you. It gives you the understanding, the right, that I can make peace work here. I can make peace work there. I can make peace work inside of here. I can make peace work in my mind. But how many people are not speaking to the storms of their mind instead of saying, I command the peace of God to go to work? They're going, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just getting worse. That's not what Jesus did when he woke up and said, it's getting worse. It's getting worse, everybody. It's getting worse. He said, peace, be still. And you know what? Peace started going to work. And as we learn to grow, we can get stronger in the peace of God in anything. How many of you know you're saved? You've given your life to Jesus. You know it. Well, if you've given your life to the Lord, you cannot say you don't have this peace. You might have just been like that guy that wrapped it up in a cloth and hid it. Well, get it out of that cloth. Because you know what's interesting about the other two people that he brought into account? He said, I had it, and I went and buried it. And then he asked the next guy, he said, I gave you this. He said, what would you do with it? He said, I put it into practice, and instead of having two talents, I have four now. He increased it. Then Jesus went to the next guy and said, what did you do with the talents I gave you? He said, I doubled it also. One guy buried it, and the other two guys doubled it. In other words, you can have it, get it into motion. You could double your piece, and then you could double it again, because this isn't like the world gives. You, you just have to be careful. How many times is an environment hostile? This is a great environment for families to live in, meaning the peace one, not the hostile one. It's, it is a great one, and you have a role. Anybody burn incense or burn smelly can or nice smelling candles? <laughs> then you walk in, you're like, vanilla, my favorite. You know, like, ooh, what's that one? I don't know. It's a, this one. It looked good, but all right, we're getting rid of that. Well, we need to get rid of harsh words, start speaking peace words. And whatever ones are working, just get strong with them. Just keep burning it. Don't take it for granted. Just keep it burning. Peace. The peace of Jesus is working in me, working in my home. It'll change things. And it's just as real as a burnt piece of toast. You ever walk in and go, okay, who's burning toast today? That would be me. You could do this with peace. Peace.